Have you or anyone you know ever been emotionally destroyed by a book? Have you ever got the feels for a fictional character? Have you ever been hung over by an all-night book binge? Then pull up a seat, pour yourself a glass, and hang on to your Kindle. This is Drinking Ink. Hey friends, Mia here. Before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to drop in with a note on our content. While books are for everyone, this podcast was created for adult audiences only. Listener and reader discretion is advised as we sometimes dive into difficult and triggering content, such as graphic depictions of violence, frank portrayal of sexuality, discussion of mental illness, and existential struggle. It might be a lot to take in, so if you need a breather, take a break or come back later. We'll be here for you. My my camera froze there for a second. I'm oh, I was waiting to see who was going to say hello. 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 How are We're you back two? with another episode of Drinking Ink. You know it. We are getting right down to like, I think we've only got one more after this. Oh my goodness. Time goes by quickly. And that's it for season two. Oh my goodness. Ah, where is the time going? It's really flown by, hasn't it? It's been crazy, but I'm really excited for today's episode. And why are you excited? Right. Well, it's Pride Month. It is. It's Pride Month. And I think it's really important that we talk about Pride books and queer books and trans books and sapphic books, because especially with what's going on in the U.S. right now with respect to legislation um, that is detrimental to the health and well-being of trans individuals that and the banning of books that discuss queer and sapphic topics um i feel like this is just really important for us to talk about today so let's get into it my state is joining the ranks um in wanting to mute lgbtq books we got that information on friday i believe so when I go into work this week, I'm all the books that are going to be displayed are, you know, going to be LGBTQ books. <laughs> yes. Fight the system from inside. That's what exactly. we have to do. That's yes. why I work my job. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also think it's really important that um, even though I'm not a member of the LGBTQ community, um, I think it's really important that we use our voices to amplify those who maybe don't have as big a voice um, or as large a platform. And when it comes to reading, I think that's a lot of places where queer kids can sort of get their first sense of inclusion if they're not able to get it in school or at home Um, between the pages of a book uh, is somewhere that they're able to, for the first time, really sort of see themselves in fiction and know that they are, um, I don't know what the right word is, that they're seen, know that they're seen, you know, so let's talk about books. What do we want to talk about today? What books do we want to talk about? For pride. We're focusing. We're focusing on trans and sapphic books. We love our queer books, but they get they get talked about a whole lot. I, feel I like agree. There's a, there's a lack of sapphic and trans, so we're gonna focus on that this pride. 
I think that's a great idea. And I'll go first because I unfortunately did not get to read as much as I had hoped, but I am very, very happy that I got to read The Cemetery Boys by Aiden Thomas. It is a YA supernatural fantasy type uh, book that is super adorable. Uh, It is about a trans boy named Yadriel who grows up in a family that has really strict um, values on the categories that men and women play. So women have a specific power, men have a specific power, and all that Yadriel wants to be is part of the group of men with this specific power and their family has uh, prevented them from doing the specific ceremony that gives them this power. So they decide to do this ceremony themselves and they are blessed by their goddess and receive this power. And so Yadriel, all excited, goes to try and use it. And instead of summoning a ghost of his cousin or their cousin, I apologize. I'm not, can't remember the exact pronouns off the top of my head. Uh, They summon a kind of punk ass boy. (laughs) And this punk ass boy has a smart mouth and basically says, ain't no way you're going to use your magic on me to send me to the afterlife until I figure out what happened to me. And so the whole book is about Yadriel trying to figure out what happened to Uh, Julian. And it's very sweet, very adorable. And I really loved the representation piece. I also loved that it was all Latinx, like the entire cast was Latinx. I also really loved the cultural pieces that were in it. It was like, it was more than just having characters speaking in an accent or, um, you know, talking about like, I want to say stereotypical traditional Mexican food, uh, but like other types of cuisine and uh, Dias de las Muertes, um, the Day of the Dead was a big, obviously a big feature in this because it takes place in a cemetery. But it was just really, it was really nice. I will say there were a few points in the story that I felt there was a lot of hand holding, and I had to remind myself that it's young adult. And sometimes in young adult, you do need a little bit of that hand holding to get the story moving forward. But overall. I loved it. I thought it was super adorable. And I was like, oh, I love this so much. Sounds like a pretty good book. Becca, it's one of those that's been sitting on my shelf. Like, I'm staring at it right now. I just still haven't read it. One thing I want to point out, too, is that Aiden Thomas is trans themselves. So they are also a trans author. And all of their books, as far as I understand, um, have trans rep. So if you are looking for a trans author that writes young adult, that writes fantasy, um, definitely pick up some Aiden Thomas because they are super, super adorable reads. They have another one that I have not gotten a chance to yet, which is the Sunbearer Trials. And I know a lot of people have talked about that on Book Talk. Again, Latinx rap, trans main character. I mean, what else can you want, right? It's, ugh, I can't wait to read it. I just have to like find the time to sit down and do it. What else have you guys read this month? I've reread a book. It's not specifically Sapphire Trans, but it was queer. Um, it was really good. Um, called All of Us with Wings um, by Michelle Ruiz um, Keel, I think is how you say her name. Um, and it was really interesting because it was a YA like fantasy. And it was the debut book for this author. Um, and it was just kind of like 
the main character is a Mexican-American girl, and she's 17 years old. Her name is Sochi, I think is how you say it. And it was just, it's one of the few books that I've read and, like, just really, like, felt like it hit me in the feels. Because, like, she's she struggles with so much, and you get to see so many, like, um, details within her life that, you know, you as the reader will know, but the people around her might not so it was just it was a very like it was a found family which I liked I like really like the aspect in there but it was just interesting to see things from her point of view and like how she experienced life and yeah it's a really good book nice what about you Becca you always read so much more than us okay I got a list waiting for you <laughs> uh, that starting doesn't on surprise the... me yeah starting on the <laughs> staff again uh brain died starting on the staff again patience and esther by ss sw cyril it's actually a graphic novel uh it takes place in like 1920s united kingdom and it's basically a lady's maid and a cook who fall in love but because it is a graphic novel we get pictures to go with the story (laughs) and like detailed pictures to go with the story now one of the main characters is also a curvy girl and she's got tiger stripes and those are in the image so that's one of the things i was like ah good for you that was a good way to go so there's that one one of them i haven't read yet that is a sapphic duology actually that i really have been wanting to get to i just haven't yet because they're chunky is malice by heather walter it is a Sleeping Beauty retelling. I believe it's it's either like, I think it's like right on the cusp of YNA. But it's uh, our cursed princess who's falling in love with the dark sorceress. So that's one of the ones I've been wanting to get to. Is that the Cinder series or is am I thinking of something else? No, it's not the Cinder series. Uh, I don't even know what the name of the duology is. I just know that the books are Malice and Misrule. That sounds cool. That sounds really cool. Then there is, uh, it's either just come out. I believe it has just come out, maybe. But Something Spectacular by Alexis Hall, who we all know as the author of, uh, was it Boyfriend Material? Husband? No, Red, White, and Blue. Which That's Casey, right? Casey no, McQuiston? Casey McQuiston is, she wrote they wrote. One of those. They wrote. Materials. I was going to say, Boyfriend Material sounds because Casey McQuiston wrote Red, White, and Royal Blue and One Last Stop, and they're non-binary. Um, but I don't know about the uh, boyfriend material. I don't think they, they didn't write boyfriend material. I haven't read I haven't read boyfriend material, husband material, or Red, White, and Royal Blue. Um, but one of those books, I believe, is in Alexis Hall. But she just released something spectacular, which is essentially Sapphic Bridgerton. For the Bridgerton fans. It is part of. I don't know if it's going to be a duology or trilogy. But it's following a first book. Huh? Sorry. Sorry. Alexis Hall did write boyfriend material. Was it that one? I knew it was one of those. But something spectacular. Is the sapphic story. But it's following her queer story. Something fabulous. Which was basically a queer Bridgerton. And it was. It was beautiful when I read it last year. It was kind of corny, but it was really sweet. 
because you have the one male who's like, I'm obviously gay, I like men, um, and you should just get over that. It's not my fault you don't know yourself because the person he ultimately ends up kind of going for is in that denial stage of like, I don't like men. Maybe I do, but I'm not going to admit it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. There's that one. And another sapphic. This one I also haven't read, but I know about because it's one of those ones I want to get to. My Heart Underwater uh, by Laurel Flores Fantazo. Fantazo? I don't know if I'm even pronouncing that name right. That's okay. We'll put all the names in the show notes and the, the, <laughs> the books on the website. We'll do that, our best. That one is a it's a YA and basically she gets caught uh, making out or kissing one of those her older female teacher and that's where the chaos begins but then she's essentially shipped away back to her family in the Philippines and she's lived her whole life in the states so it's this sort of who am I in a sense of like your heritage and where you come from but then also kind of figuring out her sexuality as well so that's another one of the sapphic ones I know Nice. I realized um, that I st- haven't finished it. It's sitting on my shelf um, unfinished, but Gideon the Ninth and Harrow the Ninth are also two sapphic books by Tamsin Muir that have that kind of like a spooky, I don't want to say spooky, but um, like hard edged fantasy. Um, I don't even want to call it 100% fantasy. It feels more sci-fi fantasy uh edge to them uh Gideon the Ninth is about what I I loved what caught me for was the back of the book and it said the ninth necromancer needs a swordswoman Gideon has a sword some dirty magazines and no more time for undead bullshit (laughs) and it actually was a, a Goodreads Choice Award in 2019 for science fiction and best debut novel so um it's fairly popular i think from what i understand but uh i haven't had a chance to finish it yet i wish i I had i've heard about that it's supposed to be really good i just i think it you know what it is it fell in that pocket of time when i was trying to read after having finished throne of glass and um i wasn't able to read anything and i think that's what stuck for me so i have it i will read it but I don't, I haven't had a chance to yet. Um, what was the other one? And Harrow the Ninth is the, is the second one in that series. So Harrow the Ninth is the duology in that. Um, Legends and Lattes. Oh my God, I can't believe this one completely skipped my mind. That one definitely has uh, sapphic vibes between Viv and uh, Tandry. The, um, like their budding relationship as... Uh, Viv is the owner of the coffee shop. For those who don't know, Legends of the Lattes is by Travis Baldry. We've talked about this one, I think, before. It's cozy fantasy. It's about an orc, an adventuring orc that wants to open up her own coffee shop. Um, and she kind of like has this magical stone that she thinks is helping her do all of this. And some uh, some things happen. And uh, it's, it's super, super cute. Um, not something I think I would necessarily pick up again, only because it Cozy fantasy isn't exactly my genre. I realized in trying to read Legends and Lattes that I need something a little more fast paced. I need something that's got a little more kick to it. However, it was a very sweet little story and I enjoyed reading it. So 
That's another one. Legends and Lattes. That's a good one. I'm just going through my good, I'm going through my list right now to see if there's anything else on my Goodreads list that was um, something that stood out to me as something that I was like, oh yeah, that's right. I put that on my list and I haven't had a chance to to read it yet. Um, I know this book is gay is a big uh, topic of conversation right now, having been banned in a number of libraries uh, and it touches uh, all sorts of LGBTQ relationships, trans, uh, queer, uh, how to come out to your parents. It's a, and it's been banned. Um, and I think it was, that it's, it was in the top 10 banned books of last year, I believe. Speaking of banned books, though, Gender Queer by Maya Kobab, who is trans themselves, because uh, it's a kind of a graphic memoir of their, their process of like learning who they were and coming out and stuff like that. But they also did it in the time before the internet. So we're talking like the 90s which was a wholly different world when you're trying to figure out your gender and sexuality when you don't have Google Oof. at your fingertips yeah. to help you. So that was a big one. It was a really good one. I actually really adored it. Uh, it needs to be in all middle schools. But of course, I live in the area of the country that wants to ban it the most. I have to see if my library has that, actually. It might just have to be displayed on a shelf. See, I just think it's really stupid that people are just so restrictive in, like, not letting them have these books in school. Like, it's a book. Like, why why are you so worried about what people are doing in the privacy of their own home when, like, you should be worrying about so many other more important things going on in the country? It's about control. It's about having control. And having the law apply to everyone else, but not the person trying to implement the law. Yeah, notice how all these lawmakers are just like old white men. We're aware. We're trying to, we're trying to push them out and they're pushing back. They're trying to shift us into like this dystopian theocracy, but they don't realize Mm -hmm. they're doing it to a generation of people that grew up watching dystopian movies. We know how to fight the system. Dystopian books. (laughs) Yeah. We, I'm like, yo, we watched, we watched, we read the Hunger Games and we watched it happen. Like, this is, uh, fortunately, I say fortunately because both me and I live in Canada. Fortunately, we haven't seen legislation like what is come out of Florida and Oklahoma and um, many of the other uh, red states with respect to transgender care and gender affirming care and just uh, the treatment of their trans and non-binary conforming um uh legislators uh like zoe oh my gosh what's her last name um was that that was in tennessee i believe it was was it tennessee when they they locked her out of the legislature and they were they wouldn't let her speak i don't know i'd have to double check but we haven't seen that come north yet but I know that, unfortunately, uh, Canada seems to be a couple of years behind in terms of politics and what's happening in the U.S. tends to trickle its way up here. So I think it's something that we we really need to be paying attention to right now um, because it is dangerous and it is unsafe and it's not right. And I think by talking about ways that you can introduce these concepts to your kids and to your family members, Fiction is a really great way to do that. 
I think reading fiction and nonfiction, you know, speaking of memoirs, um, is a great way to introduce someone to a concept that they maybe aren't a hundred percent familiar with or are hesitant to engage with in face to face because it's really easy to read a book or listen to someone talk about their experience through an audiobook. And it doesn't even have to necessarily be something that's explicitly trans or sapphic. I mean, Becca, you read The Witch Boy. I've read The Witch Boy by Molly Knox Ostertag. Um, you know, just something that, you know, it's a, a good way to introduce your kids to to books about that kind of break the non-binary norm is just books that kind of question societal gender norms. Like Witch Boy is about a little boy who grew up in a family where the women are witches and the boys are shapeshifters, but he doesn't want to be a shapeshifter. He wants to be a witch. And it's about, it's a graphic novel. So it's great for young kids. Uh, And it is about a 13 year old who just wants to become a witch and is willing to do whatever he has to do to become a witch and end up, you know, there's a family, you know, maybe his family is in danger and what he has to do is save his family. But, you know, reading fiction and, and books and introducing literature into your read, your TBR is a good way for you to familiarize yourself with non-lived experiences and i think that goes across the board for own voices uh bipoc authors uh indigenous authors uh, so uh, we just went through uh a aapi asian american and pacific islander uh month with respect to uh their cultures and stuff so i don't know i think reading is one of the biggest ways that you can introduce yourself to a new concept, a new idea that maybe you're a little nervous about approaching, you know, on the street. And I say that very generally. Yeah. It's good to educate yourself on things that you don't know about or you've never experienced. Like you're saying, Britt, because everyone has different, different experiences in life and we'll never truly be able to understand it, but it's good to listen Don't all jump. Contain yourselves. Trans books. (laughs) I just don't want to be the one that's constantly talking here. Okay. Y'all gotta, you gotta, you gotta do some of the elbow work here. Elbow work. Uh, Put in some of the elbow grease here, you know? Trans books then. Um, Female Husbands. It's nonfiction. It is by Manayan or Minan. I'm going to say Manayan is how you pronounce it. This one was really interesting because it like took real life people who were trans before trans was a term or something anyone even really had any kind of understanding of. And it basically documents how a lot of these, you know, people who were assigned female at birth essentially throughout their lives ended up, uh, what's the word? What's the word? Uh, are you talking transitioning? About Trans- okay. <laughs> yes how they transitioned and pretty much took on male personas and lived completely male lives many of them or some of them even like married other women and what i loved most about it is it offered a perspective to show that like this isn't something that we're just dealing with in the modern day it's something that's always been around different cultures even have different terms for it there's a lot of cultures in the world that 
you know, when you're in that middle zone of like non-binary or maybe you're in one body, but you identify as something else, they have their own terms for it. Meanwhile, in the English speaking world and like basically the Christianized world, it's like seen as this demonic thing. But I, I enjoyed the book because they basically old white men throughout history were coming up with these off the wall like explanations of why it is that people would want to live like this and some of them I'm just like you really you really went out there didn't you like from like they were snorting certain drugs or you know their mother didn't hold them right when they were young or their mother looked at the the wrong flower when they were pregnant with them (laughs) like most off the wall explanations you could have to like just and I think it was just a masculinity thing. They were so scared in their own masculinity that they had to, like, demonize something that wasn't against their norm, which is pretty much the same as going on today. Oh, For see, sure. It's just, it's so, it, that, like, it, I, I, it, it's crazy that, that, especially as someone, like, brought up in a Christian household and, like, it's, it's just, it boggles my mind that people try to come up with explanations I'm like, maybe that's just how they are. Like, why do you need to, why do you need to try and come up with some way of putting a lay, like a def- definition of, of what you think, why they're like that? Like, just let them be, let them be what they are. Yeah. Ugh. White men are stupid sometimes. Very much so. Speaking of historical uh, stories, though, Becca, one of my favorite books, and it's something that I just when as you were telling that story made me think of it was the book Middlesex by Jeffrey Eugenides. Have you read that one? I remember reading it way, 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 way back in the day. Um, and I have like two copies of it on my bookshelf because it was one of my favorite books in high school. And it is about um, an intersex person named Cal, who is, uh, I believe it's in the late mid 60s grew up in an immigrant household and has a disease that caused it the a, a, a genetic disorder i should say that caused them to be intersex and so they were raised as a girl as Callie or calliope for the majority of their life and it goes through the period of their transition into becoming cal and who they are as a human being um amazing story pulitzer prize winning um and is absolutely incredible i've probably read it three or four times um since it came out in 2002 i've heard about it many times i have not like actually sat and read it myself but that reminds me of queer ducks by elliot schrieffer uh it is a non-fiction and it's set it's a science book but it's set at like a high school reading level to kind of make things easier to understand but it basically just goes through the animal kingdom and explains how you know this idea of heterosexuality even in the animal kingdom doesn't exist you have all these examples of species being documented countless times having you know sapphic queer relationships showing um transgender uh like transgender personality traits essentially uh you have hermaphroditic type animals animals that can go back and forth between the sexes if their particular environment is calling for it clownfish yes Schriever also wrote the darkness outside us which is a queer science fiction uh but i absolutely adore that book i cannot explain how much i adore that book it is beautiful (laughs) but queer ducks there's that one 
What is so beautiful about it? Tell me what you think is so beautiful about it. The darkness outside us. Essentially, you know, it's set in the future where Earth is dying. And so you basically have back on Earth, you have, I think it's called the Confederation. And then you have another um, country that I forget the name of. But for lack of a better word, you have America versus Russia. And it kind of mimics the, the whole space race of the 60s. But they decide to work together to send two astronauts off to this distant planet that they think is, you know, able to hold life. And along the way, they start to realize that some of the things that are going on are not what they seem. Like, you have that AI situation where the computer is trying to tell you as a living thing what to do. Um, You have this queer relationship, but you have, like, the grumpy sunshine. And... I don't know. I just loved it the way it played out. I don't even really like science fiction, but I love that book. It sounds really good. It actually, um, it made me think of, I keep thinking all of these books. I'm like, oh yeah, I have this on my shelf and I need to read it. Um, Red Scholar's Wake by, I I was going to mess up her name. It's Aliette de Baudard. Aliette de Baudard. Um, it came in my Illumicrate, actually. I had never heard of this book. It came in my Illumicrate, I think, in February. And it is a, a sapphic space opera about a bot maker and data analyst who falls in love with a pirate. But they fall in love through a fake marriage. And it sounds super, super cute. And I, like, again, it's the TBR problem. My pile just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And I'm like, oh, yeah. But I, uh, it, if you, I know you don't you say you don't love science fiction, but uh, I've heard really, really good things about it so far. And it is also seems to have um, like Asian or indigenous rep uh, based on some of the names and stuff that I'm seeing in there. Uh, but it is 100% sapphic and it's uh, the author has run, has won Nebula awards and she is a double Hugo finalist for 2019 and Hugo awards for those who don't know, are kind of like Oscars for the, uh, they're like Pulitzer. No, they're more like Pulitzer prize, uh, a Pulitzer. Oh my gosh. Pulitzer prize awards for science fiction and fantasy based books. So, uh, highly recommend you check that out. Speaking of summer though, since pride takes place in June out of the blue by Jason Reynolds, which I read back in January. It is YA, but it's also adorable. This one doesn't actually fall. This one falls under non-binary um, because one of the main characters is a mermaid, but their entire society, you're not male or female, you're mer. You're just mer. That's it, you know? And he I has- I that. Yeah. And one of the things about being mer is when you hit a certain age, you come to land and you live as a human for like, I think it's a week or so or a month. Um, to see whether or not you want to stay mer or do you want to become a human. And along the way, he meets uh, this boy who I believe, and I forget their names. I'm so bad with names. Um, but he identifies, I believe, as bisexual. Maybe, or queer. He's one of those. Um, but they meet and they have their little fun adventures and their little summer fling romance. And the ending of it was also really adorable and so sweet. It really took me off guard. I love that book way more than I ever thought I would. Also, um, the human boy is a little bit on the the huskier side. So you have 
you know, curvy boy representation there. Nice. I like big boys. I like big Sorry. Uh, TikTok getting into my brain. Um, another one, I was just going through the list of books that I have bought for the um, little library that I uh, fill as part of my uh, day job in a nonprofit. And one of the books on my list of trying to find is called Princess Princess Ever After by Kate O'Neill. Um, and it is about a heroic princess who rescues another princess. Uh, and it's like a little kind of graphic novel, uh, early intro again to that, like, to, to queer relationships. And it just, it looks really, really cute. And I thought it would be a great addition to my little library and all of the books for anyone who is curious, um, is approved by their school librarian. So I send a list of the books that I say, Hey, I want to add these books to your library. And they say, yep, sure. That's perfect. Let us, let us know when they get here. So seems like it's a, a fun little book. I just haven't been able to find it, uh, locally, uh, without having to order it on Amazon, which is hard to do through work. So, so speaking of little libraries, <laughs> there's, um, Prince and Knight and Princess, no, yes, Princess and Maiden by Daniel Hack, which are children's picture books. Uh, but essentially you have the prince whose parents are trying to hook him up with a princess and he's like, eh, I don't think I want that. So he runs away and meets a knight who's slaying a dragon and he's like, he has his moment of, that's what I want. Uh, and then you have Princess and Maiden, which is the sapphic twist on pretty much the same thing. And then Prince and Knight actually has a sequel called Prince and Knight and the Shadow King which is essentially where they help an old queer guy come out um, and accept himself and give the rainbow back to the land. I love it when you have them about like princesses and they're just like, I don't want to get married. I just want to be, I just want to be like chill. Just, just here. Like, I don't want to find a full blown merit a moment. <laughs> right. I'll fight for my own hand. Right? Like, I'm, I'll just be me. Like, you can do you, but I'm just going to be here by myself. And we're going to be good with that. It's great. Um, More books that just keep popping into my head as I think about what's on my bookshelf. Uh, The Drowning Empire, The Bone Shard Daughter uh, by Andrea Stewart. I think it, Stewart's her last name. Yeah, Andrea Stewart. That's another one. That's a sapphic got a sapphic um, main character plot to it. And that is again, fantasy, but, uh, and she just released the third book. So it is a complete trilogy. So for all of my friends and listeners who don't like to start a series that isn't finished, it is a finished trilogy that you can read start to finish one, two, and three, all three books are out. Yeah, no, I'm like that. I like to have, I don't like to wait. I mean, I will because, like, I have to, but I hate having to wait for it to finish, be finished. It's not very good. The uh, Classics Reimagined series. They're not all LGBTQ, but so far, many of the ones that have come out are. There's Self Made Boys, which is a Gatsby retelling, which is trans rep and Latinx. Um, I just read My Dear Henry, which is queer retelling of Jekyll and Hyde. Both of these are YA. And later this year, I don't know the exact month, they have a queer Romeo and Juliet coming out. <gasps> oh, and you no, have to really? 
You have to see the cover of that one. Oh, oh my, my god, gosh. I'm going to look it up right now. What's it called? I don't know what it's called. Uh, I just know it's going to be a Romeo and Juliet retelling. If you look up the other ones, it'll probably like link you to the series. That sounds like it'll... I'm going to have to go and find it immediately. Teach the torches to burn. Um, Teach the torches to burn. Who by Caleb Rorig. And it comes out at the end of August. Let's see. Queer star-crossed love amid a centuries-old feud. The best way is to make it gay. <laughs> Romeo and Valentine. Romeo and Valentine? All right, I'm looking it up right now. Aw, that's cute. Just sounds cute from, like, just hearing the title. So far, all the remix classics that I have read are really good. They each take me by surprise. Um, They're definitely five-star reads for me. The Withering Heights one is the one I'm getting to next, eventually, sometime soon. Uh, I don't believe it's sapphic or anything like that. But I think it's been given a twist to where Heathcliff is of Indian descent. Like, not indigenous North American Indian, like Indian country India. Hmm. That is interesting. But I really, I really want that Romeo and Juliet one. I still haven't been able to find it. I can't find it on Goodreads, which is where it's I called look. Teach the Torches to Burn. Teach, okay, that's what it's called. Okay. That's so cute. Teach the Torches to Burn. And in September, I just now found, they're coming out with a Secret Garden remix called Into the Bright Open, which also has a beautiful cover. Uh, It is a queer reimagining. Another one that looks really cool if you're into that kind of like historical remake type thing is Gwen and Art are not in love which is like that is on one of my that is on my anticipated <laughs> releases that is one of the ones that was meant to come out this summer and they pushed it back because I wanted to talk about it in our summer release episode and then they pushed it into the fall well we're just gonna have to see if we can get ourselves some arcs oh, I want to get a couple of copies of this because this sounds like it would be so adorable I am a big nerd for King Arthur anything it's the best like I love, I, I love king arthur stuff <laughs> and so i'm like i need this we need a king arthur retelling where he's like set up to marry gwendolyn but he's got a thing going in on the background with his name starts with r gowan no <laughs> gowan that's not what even was close his name? To r. arthur's best friend in the old legends the oh, one Gilead. who did is that it? The one who did have a thing with Gwendolyn on the side? Or Guinevere? Gw There's no Gwendolyn. No, it was Guinevere and, and Galahad. No. Wasn't Galahad. Guinevere oh, and Lancelot. Lancelot. Yeah, that Lancelot was going to say Lancelot. Lancelot. That's, that's not even close to the letter R. <laughs> Galahad was one of the members of the round table. He was like the super, yeah. super loyal dude. Like... We need we need a retelling where he's set up to marry Gwen, but he's like, I don't want to marry her because he's got a thing going with Lancelot. And if that is not already written, I'm pretty sure then... there are. I'm pretty sure there's. there's we need I've a heard. thruple. I need a thruple. A why choose? A why choose? A round oh, table gosh. why choose? That would be. I hilarious. got you. 2025. I'm gonna I'm gonna write a why choose. 
round table. <laughs> Becca's oh gonna goodness. do some Arthurian uh, <laughs> why choose romance. <laughs> Becca's just so like, bad. oh, it's not written. I'll do it myself. Uh, that's one of the that's one of the joys of being me. If I there's not a book and I want it, I'll just write it. Um, I was just going through my um kindle <laughs> so see what other books that i had that i hadn't read that were on my tbr and another one that came up is songs of vice by nicole bailey it is a new adult lesbian sapphic story about um essentially like a kind of group of misfits uh and the one main character is kind of like the a siren and so she has to kind of like and the the whole point is like there's a mission to reclaim some stolen magic supposed to be really good it has about a four star rating on goodreads which i mean do we love do we love goodreads it's not the best but uh currently it's got like 123 ratings 90 physical reviews and it's book one in a series and it was just published in march of this year so i uh it's one of those books that i purchased and is waiting on my tbr we can't talk about this topic without mentioning what I read today. It's Dear Mothman by Robin Gow. Oh, and I saw that on your Goodreads list when I was, because I, I read, I finished a book today. And when I saw that, was your update that you, I was like, what is this book? It looks so fucking cute. I literally couldn't hold myself in from going, oh. That was the same. I was just doing some work and it came up as a suggestion and obviously it was me, so I saw Mothman and I was like, I'm here for it. But then I was But then I was reading into it. It's middle grade and it has a trans main character named Noah. And he just lost his best friend, um, and kind of the first person he ever really came out to in a car accident. And his best friend Lewis was also trans. And Lewis was in love with Mothman, believed he was real, and was set and determined in his life. I'm going to prove that Mothman is real. He was even going to do a, a science fair project on it. And Noah's like, this is kind of dumb. I don't want to do it with you, so I'll do my own. Um, then Lewis passes away, so Noah takes it upon himself to do that science fair project to prove that Mothman is real. But also to, like cope with his grief and work through it what he's doing is writing letters to mothman and so the story is taking place through all these letters so it begins it's like dear mothman today i was at school and he's sitting here begging him he's like i know you're real can you just show me you're real there was a line hold on i gotta find it there was a line it was towards the end but it made the book worth reading hold on i just have to say that's like heartbreaking and adorable oh my goodness so when he's writing he has uh, kind of the climax of the book that I'm not going to spoil, but at the end of all that, when things are winding back down, he's writing to Mothman and he says, I think monsters are here to make kids like me feel less alone. Oh my God, my heart is breaking. I found that book and I ordered the hard copy like right away. And then I, I it was on Hoopla, which I was super excited for. So I like powered through that audiobook today. That's all I did. I was listening to Dear Mothman all day. Oh. Please tell me it has a happy ending. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. You're like, I mean, yeah. That would have right. it if it didn't. It's middle grade. But considering, you know, the premise and the fact that his friends already passed away at the beginning of it all, you can't get more tragic okay. than that. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'll give you that. I keep yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. 
And again, I think that this is so great that we're talking about all of these books that may or may not find themselves in libraries in the coming months, years, uh, based on what's happening in the States. And I kind of just want to point out that it's really important for us as a society. I've mentioned it before in this episode, and I'm going to say it again, because to me, this is, this is, it's really important to me that we, we do what we can with what we have and we have this platform. And so before we get into kind of our wrap up for the episode, I just want to let everyone know that should you be interested in donating to the ALCU or ALCU, I always get it mixed up, uh, to help fight these discriminatory um, legislations against gender affirming care in multiple states, you can, in fact, go to uh, the American Civil Liberties, Liberties Union website uh, to donate specifically to that. Um, on the episode page of our website, you will actually find a link to that specific uh, fund for the ACLU. Um, if you just want to donate to making life more accessible for LGBTQ or trans or non-binary two-spirit individuals in the world, um, there are two links where you can donate to, excuse me, there are two links where you can donate to in Canada and the U.S., which is It Gets Better Global, um, which is an, a nonprofit organization that is about creating links and resources and doing things that um, help uh, members of the LGBTQ community access service. And I think it's really important that we talk about these resources because with what's happening, I feel like we're going to see more and more things close and less and less access be available. So I just want to point out to any of our listeners, it would be really, really great. Um, if you would go and visit those links, you can find it at drinkingpodcast.com under the episodes tab on today's episode, you will find all of the links there where you can actually go and donate to the causes to support trans and LGBTQ um, individuals who are currently being targeted by horrific discriminatory uh, legislation. And so as a final wrap up, I guess, what is one trans or sapphic book that you are going to read for sure that you will read in the month of June? What's one book that you will absolutely get through? Don't all jump. I mean, I pick up pretty much a lot of them on a regular basis. So like, if you tell me like, what am I going to read in June? Uh -uh. Well, I mean, okay. Pick one. You have so many on your list that you were like, Oh yeah, I have it, but I haven't read it. Oh yeah, I have this, but I haven't read it. I am going to try and read Gideon the ninth. I'm going to try and finish it. That's going to be my goal for the month. I'm going to read. I really want to finish reading Gideon the ninth. I want to read the sun bear trials by Aiden Thomas. Um, and the bone shard daughter has been sitting on my shelf for about the same amount of time as uh, Priory of the Orange Tree. So those are all books that I'm going to try and uh, make sure that I read this month. Those are three queer sapphic trans books that I'm going to try and make sure I get through. I would say probably Malice for me because it is pretty high on my TBR. I'm actually staring at it right now. Another one I believe is queer is Cafe Con Leche. That's pretty high on my list as well. I think that one's queer. Mia? 
I don't have one in mind, but I will find one. I don't know a lot, so I'm trying to. We just out. gave you like there's a whole. We just gave a whole list yes, of books. But remember, my brain takes information in and literally just like. Foop. Okay, of all the books that we talked about today, Mia, are there any that have interested you enough to, to that you would look at them, that you would take a look at them? Yeah, from what I've heard. You guys talk about yes. Maybe I'll look at the one about the princess who's like, nah, I'm not gonna get married. What's it called, Becca? The princess and the maiden. That's a kids' picture book. Sure. Which I'm not hating on. You can read. I read them all the yeah. time. No, kids dude, I'm just telling you. Right? I, I'll read that. <laughs> for right, your personality, Mita. For your personality, I would highly recommend Out of the Blue by Jason Reynolds. I'll give that a look. See too. Romance. She needs the romance. I need it's got romance. romance. Yes. It's got awkward teen romance. Sounds like my jam. And mer people. Oh yes, yes, mer people. Okay, I'm gonna take a look at that one too. Oh my goodness. Well, this has been a productive conversation. I have a whole bunch of new books to add to my ever expanding TBR. <laughs> So many, so many books. But I just want to remind all our listeners that it is okay to read experiences that aren't your own and to go outside of your circle and experience new things and learn about other people. And because that is how we grow. That is how we become more empathetic. That is how we evolve as humans. And I think um, it's so important that those of us who are not members of these marginalized communities use our voices on our platforms. And so I just want to say to any of our readers, I keep saying readers to any of our listeners who are members of the LGBTQ2IA plus um, community that we see you, we support you, we stand behind you and that we are allies and, and we stand with you in what's happening right now with legislation in the United States and so enjoy your pride month for as much as you can. Um, and we'll just, we'll be here for you guys as much as we can too. Want more from the bookish bitches? Follow us on TikTok at drinking ink pod official for updates regarding our newest episodes, releases, and behind the scenes chaos, or send us an email at drinking ink podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on all streaming platforms like Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. You can also follow our hosts on their personal accounts located in the show notes, along with recommended reading lists and all the books we mentioned in today's episode. Stay thirsty, friends. 